evidence and answers. We're hearing a lot about Christian nationalism in the media today, and many view this as a major threat to America. Should Christians embrace this term and its ideology? What is the difference between nationalism and patriotism? Can a Christian be an American patriot? You're tuned to Evidence and Answers radio broadcast with your host, Pat Zucaran. Pat is an author, teacher, and international speaker in the area of Christian apologetics, the defense of the Christian faith. Today in our broadcast, Pat and his guest, Dr. Randy Manley, will be discussing Christian nationalism and if the church should be part of this ideology. Now with part one is our host, Pat. You're listening to Evidence and Answers, where we provide compelling evidence for faith and hope in Christ and biblical answers to the key issues of today. Well, we're hearing a lot about Christian nationalism in the press and that it poses a major threat to America. Well, what is Christian nationalism and what's the difference between patriotism and nationalism? Should Christians be involved in politics? Is America a Christian nation? or a nation built on Christian principles. What's the difference? How influential was Christianity to the foundation of America? Well, these are some of the tough issues we need to address today because there's a lot of confusion when you look in the media and in the press today. And so to help us clear the clutter of this uh, confusion and what Christian nationalism is all about and is this something Christians and churches want to be a part of is Dr. Randy Manley. Randy is the pastor of Molokai Baptist Church on the island of Molokai, where he has served there for almost three decades now. Absolutely amazing work they are doing there on the island of Molokai. If you're out there visiting and you're there on a Sunday, that's a church uh, you want to attend. His consuming passion is to communicate God's Word in a clear and understandable way so that God's glory is unveiled and unbelievers are introduced to the Savior. So he holds degrees from Liberty University and master's degrees from Tampa Theological Seminary and graduate degrees from Southern Evangelical Seminary. So Randy, you're a regular here, so welcome back to Evidence and Answers. Thanks, Pat. Great to be with you again. Yes. Now, we're hearing a lot in the media, and it's often negative, about Christian nationalism. And there's a lot of confusion about what exactly it is. Does it pose a threat? Is it unhealthy? What's the difference between that and being a Christian who loves America? Patriotism. So let's start first with, you know, what do we mean by nationalism? Yeah, and that so important that we define our terms, right? Especially in today's world where so much of our words are being redefined. And so patriotism typically is the understanding that you love your country. You have a sense of, hey, this is where I was born. This is what I've been raised in. And I love my country. I love this place. You know, for the most part, good. There may be some things that we would like to change, but but being a patriot is this love and appreciation for country. Nationalism, honestly, I can't recall hearing that term too much, except in the last couple of years. And it's very similar. Nationalism is a loyalty or a commitment to one's country or one's nation. The problem is that these terms get co-mixed 
And if we're not careful, we begin to see them as one, and they're really not. Nationalism has kind of become almost a derogatory term because it's been grouped with kind of factious types of thinking. You know, it's been linked with, we're talking about Christian nationalism. Sometimes you hear of white nationalism. And the idea is that it's linked to a specific subgroup of a nation that thinks that the rest of the nation should be this particular thing. For instance, in the case of what we're talking about, Christian nationalism, that every part of government should be Christian and it should be run by Christians and that type of thing. A white nationalism would be more specific to it should be Anglo-Saxon people that are running the nation, that type of thing. So most of the time when we hear nationalism today, it's linked with some kind of subgroup. But nationalism in its basic definition and understanding is simply a loyalty and a commitment to one's nation. Yes. So what is Christian nationalism and how did this term, when did it start really rising to prominence here? Well, what it's come to mean, basically, again, in the media and the way we hear it throwing around, is that that there's this belief that only Christians should be in charge of running the nation. Only Christian ideologies should be allowed to be used to format our laws and, and our principles and those types of things, and there shouldn't be any other group allowed to participate in a governmental sense than Christians. So there's this idea that there are folks that push that only Christians should be the ones that are doing this. And this has been labeled Christian nationalism. And there are some folks, to be fair, there are some folks that would push that and say that we should only have Christian folk that are in our government and running our government, and all of our laws should be based on Christian principles. Yes, you know, and I, I think I saw this, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, it seemed to rise to prominence in 2020 in the January 6th riots, where this term, I, I began to really see it in the media, and it was tied to, it became a very negative kind of thing, you know, with the protests and with the riots and all that of taking back government by force, if necessary. Is that kind of where it started coming to prominence here? Yeah, it definitely was floating around before that, Pat, but that, you're absolutely right. That's when it really kind of the media, certain segments of the political realm latched a hold of it, began to use it. And really what they've done is anybody Christian or supporting ideas based on their Christian worldview, they're now kind of throwing that term out and saying, you know, we're all kind of lumped at this pot of Christian nationalism. And because there were people on January 6th that were carrying signs that had Christian symbols and sayings and that type of thing, uh, again, that all was kind of lumped into the pot. And really what they're likening the whole thing to is kind of like an Iran, which is a Islamic state, you know, and they're kind of equating Christian nationalism to that type of mentality. Yeah, expand some more on, on that kind of mentality. People see that if 
this Christian nationalist movement takes over, it's really going to threaten the freedom of those who do not hold to Christianity as their faith. Yeah, and th- and that's really I was going to say I was going to say that's the implication, but honestly, a lot of things I've read and heard recently, it's not an implication, it's just outright being said that this is dangerous, you know, because then people that aren't Christian are going to be persecuted. You're not going to be able to practice your own faith in the way that you want to. It's again, the likening is kind of to an Islamic state like an Iran, you know, some of these other places and you know the claim is that that's where anybody that has any kind of nationalistic mentality seems to fall into that category and again it's lumping anybody that is hey i'm a christian and i'm a patriot or i'm a christian and i'm concerned the direction that our country's going I give you a really recent, for instance, a lot of these terms were being thrown around after the recent Dobbs ruling on the abortion issue, that even being said that the tenure of the court was toward Christian nationalism because the abortion issue was favorable to evangelical Christians. And so it was kind of thrown into that pot again with the Christian nationalist moniker. So kind of really interesting stuff that they're seemingly trying to put a bent on all of this to give not just Christians in politics a bad name, but Christianity in general. Yeah, and I think Christians are confused too, because you have uh, certain Christian leaders, you have pastors using the term and encouraging Christian nationalism, and you have Christian candidates I think Marjorie Taylor Greene, she's a Georgian Republican, and she was making a speech really endorsing that we should embrace Christian nationalism. And so there's confusion in the church because you have leaders and Christian politicians and others saying this is something we should embrace. So there's some confusion there. But is this a term that Christians should then embrace? It's one of those things, Pat, I think that because the idea has been so linked with with some bad ideas and bad groups, that it's wise that we probably try to stay clear of it as much as possible because it's become understood in such a negative way. It carries some baggage. There are fringe groups that have kind of grabbed a hold of it. And so we have to be careful because we certainly don't want to be associated with any kind of fringe type of group or racist kind of ideas. And anybody that would embrace those things, we followers of Christ, we we don't want to be in that category. On the other hand, we have to be careful too, that we don't run away from being politically involved just because we're being thrown into this pot of Christian nationalism. I think that's one of the attempts here is to kind of nullify the desire of Christians to be involved politically, and we have to be careful of that as well. So there's a balance here, for sure, and uh, we have to kind of be very discerning as we walk through this cultural moment that we're in. Yeah, we're going to talk later about that balance there of a healthy way in which Christians should be involved in government and in politics. But before that, I think it's also tied into our understanding of our nation's history. 
I think those yeah. involved in Christian nationalism believe that we are a Christian nation. We yeah. were founded by men who were Christians, and what they wanted was distinctly a Christian nation. Uh, do you agree with that, that indeed America is or was a Christian nation? I think with this whole Christian nationalist movement, that's their understanding, and they say, therefore, we must make Christianity prominent and the leaders you know, of this country should be Christian and there should be a, what should I say, privileged or priority to those who are indeed Christian. So let's talk about that a little bit. What, what is our history? Are we a, quote, Christian nation? Yeah, I think anybody that would say that the United States was not founded on Christian ideals and principles is absolutely <laughs> denying our history or is ignorant of our history because that it's it's obvious i mean if you've ever been to washington dc and walked around some of our monuments and seen you know where scripture is referred to and god is all over the place then you know again you would know that that is the foundation you know you look at something like the declaration of independence all men are created equal and are endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. I mean, that was, it's just been ingrained in the foundation of our nation. Now, the question is, are we still there as a nation? And I would say that we're not on the whole, but that doesn't mean that we shouldn't seek to go back to our roots. And I think that's very important. It also, Pat, I think it boils down to worldview as well. Everybody has a worldview. And they are going to pursue everything in life based on their worldview, and that would include their politics. You know, it's interesting to me that we don't hear groups that are pushing their agenda being referred to as nationalists. For instance, you know, LGBTQ, you know, have, have you heard the term LGBTQ nationalism? We don't hear that. And yet they have a very prominent worldview that's being pushed because that's the way they see the world and that's the way that they think that our laws should be and our nation should be run. Um, an atheist, they have a worldview. I haven't heard the term atheist nationalism, but they certainly are approaching their politics from their worldview that's anti-God. So, you know, again, it's just interesting that these types of terms are directed and targeted toward only certain types of groups that have a certain type of outlook on where things should be. And certainly I think that a large majority of evangelical Christians would say, yes, we're, our nation was founded on Christian principles. It gave us the solid laws and things that we have profited from all these years, and we should continue on that path and move in that direction. That's not to say that everybody should be forced to be a Christian. Nobody else should be able to practice their faith the way that, that they see fit. It's just acknowledging the reality that we are a nation that was founded on Christian principles, and our worldview, our understanding of reality is that this is good and right, and we want to move in that direction. Yeah, I, I would say that we are not, quote, a Christian nation in that Christians have priority and everyone else who's not a Christian then is going to be secondary in that sense. But I would agree with you there, definitely, that we are indeed a nation built on Christian principles and the influence of the Judeo-Christian ethics and the Bible 
is you know undeniable in our history and it's part of the foundation that really made america a great nation the the freedom and dignity of all individuals you know with in, inalienable rights that come not from government or man but from god that every human life is valid that's definitely a christian principle that all men are are free to believe and even disagree on what they believe because they have dignity and will not be forced to mm. believe in Christianity, but we think mm. that is the best and will true faith, and we will debate it and present the evidence and why the Christian moral system is the best out there, I believe is what we do. But to say that, uh, you know, we need to force people to embrace Christianity or things, I don't think that was the intent of the founding fathers, but definitely we were a nation built on Christian principles, and that's undeniable, wouldn't you say? Absolutely. I mean, you only have to look as far as picking up a piece of money, you know, and In God We Trust is imprinted on there. That, again, it's, it's just part of the DNA of our nation. And to deny that is to deny just historical reality. Yeah, and, and I think as Christians, we believe those who have embraced God's law is the best for a nation, and a nation will be blessed who follow the design and the law of the designer, wouldn't yes. you say? Yes, absolutely. In fact, it's kind of ironic, Pat, if you stop and think about it, we wouldn't even be having this debate if we weren't in a country that believes that every person is created in God's image and has value and worth, and as a result of that should be free to speak even ideas that we may not agree with. We're having this conversation right now because we live in that kind of country that's based on these kind of values and principles. Right. Now, let's talk about should Christians then engage in politics? Should they? Yeah, I think part of being a good citizen, right, is engaging politically, especially in a country like America, because we're given this amazing freedom to do things like vote. We're a representative uh, republic where we vote for people that will represent us on the federal end of things. And so we have this amazing privilege and gift to be involved politically and voting. You know, that's about as basic a political engagement as you can have. I think that as part of our responsibility to be good citizens, we should desire to see our government, our culture be the best that it can be. And so we will vote for individuals that we believe will carry that out. So as followers of Christ, we're not to shrink away from being salt and light, right? We're supposed to be a part of that process in, in every way that we can. And certainly in this country, we're given the freedom to do that by voting, by being involved with political campaigns, those types of things. So it's not a problem for us to be involved as Christians politically. In fact, I would even argue that part of being good citizens is at least minimally being involved politically. Yeah, you know, Romans 13 verses 1 through 7 talks about us being in subject to government authorities and that they are placed there by God. And Paul writes in verse 7, pay to all what is owed to them, taxes to whom taxes are owed, revenue is owed, respect to whom respect, honor to whom honor is owed. I think applying that verse, Paul was writing in a 
totalitarian kind of dictatorship there where the emperor ruled. But I think applying that in a democracy that we have here, or a constitutional republic to be more technical, that we have here when Paul says, you know, pay to all what is owed them, I think in a mm. constitutional republic like ours, one of the things that we owe government is our participation, you know, and one of that is yeah. responsible voting. So I think mm. in applying passages that we find there in the Bible, you know, part of being a good citizen in a democracy is participating in a way in which you can glorify God and in, be an influence for truth and righteousness. Yeah, yeah, I, I would agree with you. Yeah, you know, but what, what I'm finding in a lot of churches is that they don't want pastors or anyone to even touch the subject that may have any kind of political connection at all. I mean, if you speak on something like abortion or anything, you know, that may have a any kind of political connection. I remember when the Black Lives Matter riots were coming out here, I talked about just very briefly that this is not a movement we want to engage in, and here's why, and I presented the ideology and how it contradicts the Bible. I got uh, irate people saying we shouldn't be political, mm. we shouldn't be political. You know, I was mm. at another church where the pastor spoke on critical theory and how that has been divisive in the culture and in the church and the biblical critique of it and a biblical response and boy he got you know a lot of emails and irate angry people saying we're getting political we're getting political kind of things and and i'm seeing a lot of that uh, in churches are you seeing that as well yeah I, the sad thing again we tend to unfortunately even in the christian community we tend to take our cues from you know the culture and what's going on and what we're told we're supposed to do and not supposed to do. And when moral issues, especially big moral issues, come up for discussion or debate, we're not supposed to touch it because, you know, that's the church is supposed to stay separate from the state, supposedly. And so there's this idea that as Christians, as church folk, you know, you do your thing, let the government do their thing. And we hear things, you know, we've heard this for years, you can't legislate morality and those kind of things. Well, every law technically hits on some moral issue, you know, and when we're talking about things, for instance, you brought up abortion, we talk about something like abortion. How can Christian folks stay silent when it deals with the very most basic fundamental gift that God's given us? And that's the gift of life. We have to speak out. Things like sexuality, again, there's basic truths about what God has given us through being the creator and designer. How can we not speak out about those things? Those are fundamental functions of who we are as human beings. And so I think to go ahead and swallow what the world's telling us, that's political and you can't talk about that, is to really lose an opportunity to be light at a very dark time. Stand up and say, whoa, wait a minute. No, this is not good. This is not right. In fact, I would argue that if we don't do that, that we're not being very loving. Love desires best for the object loved, right? If we say we love our fellow man, if we say we love our fellow citizen, if we say we love our country, 
our desire should be for the best for them. And God's way is always the best. And so if we don't speak out on these things that are causing damage and destruction and harm to people, then can we really say that we're loving our brother the way we're supposed to? That's all the time we have for today. Thank you for joining us here on Evidence and Answers Radio Broadcast. We hope you enjoyed today's show. We have a wide variety of different topics that will make for an incredible conference series. If you would like Pat to speak at your church, Bible study, or schedule an apologetics conference at your location, give him a call. In Hawaii, that number is 483-0586. Or you may contact him through the Evidence and Answers website. That's evidenceandanswers.org. Be sure to use our search engine for available resources. We have everything from atheism to Zen Buddhism, including articles and additional audio free to listen to or download. So be sure to share our website with those around you. To keep quality broadcasts like Pat's on the Air, we rely on generous financial support from you, our listeners. For the opportunity to partner with us, head on over to our website. Once again, that's evidenceandanswers.org. And you may do so right there online. Evidence and Answers would like to thank one of our sponsors, the Honolulu Christian Church. If you don't have a home church and are looking for a great place to connect and grow in Christ, check out the Honolulu Christian Church. For service times, log on at honoluluchristian.org. Join us again next time on the air or online as we provide compelling reasons for faith in Christ. That's Evidence and Answers with Pat Zucran. Oh, 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 oh,